You know, in the book of Philippians, it tells us, be anxious about nothing. We're reminded us, be anxious about nothing. We're told to take our request to God. And it says, the peace of God will guard our hearts in Christ Jesus. The peace that surpasses all understanding. Be anxious about nothing. Now, I love it when my kids teach me lessons. And recently, my youngest Parker, he taught me a lesson. He reminded me about the truth of this verse. Now, both of my kids, they're, I mean, they have, most of you know my boys, and they each have unique personalities and gifts. And, you know, I do, I love not just being the one to teach them, but I love to see something in action in their life. I, Peyton, he's my encourager. He reminds me that he'll use the positive words, and he's the one who's the creative and all that. Now, Parker... Our little second grader, seven-year-old, he is the epitome of the verses, be anxious about nothing. I mean, this kid is just like, he just walking through life, going, oh, I'm just happy to be here. You know, he just, I am just so happy to be alive. He just, he's just the most easygoing person you will ever meet. I mean, I know you're going, what does a seven-year-old have to get anxious about? But I'm still, I mean, I see it. He's just... He is just so easy going. He is not a details kid. He doesn't think, you don't get worried about all the stuff. He is just kind of, I'm happy all is well. I'll show you how this is true. Because just a few days ago, we're starting our morning. It's a normal weekday morning and the business of our house. And we'd all gotten up and the boys were eating breakfast. And Penny and I, you know, we were getting ready and, you know, ironing clothes and getting stuff for school and all that stuff. And the boys had eaten breakfast and we had hollered out and said, Go get dressed. And so they're running back to the room getting dressed. And I was hollering. I says, it's time to go. we got to get in the car. We're going to be late. And, you know, so I see, you know, Peyton comes in. He's got all his stuff on. And then Parker comes in. Little Parker. I just love He's so small. He's so cute. And he comes in. And he walks in the living room and says, I'm ready. And I look over at him. He's there. And he's got his hair done, his shirt on. He's got his backpack on. He's got the, the shoes all tied up and the socks right. And no pants. No pants, just right there. I mean, just he's got his little Angry Bird underwear on, just kind of flashing, out. and you know, just everything but pants, you know. And I'm look, and I go, Parker. He goes, Uh huh. Uh-huh, what? What? And I said, Parker. Uh huh. What? And I go, Parker. He's not getting this. You know, I I really was tempted to see how far to school I could get him before he goes. I'm not wearing any pants, you know. And so I said, Parker, look down. Huh? What? Oh, pants, you know, and he goes back and puts pants on. And, and see, he's in children's church right now. When he's a little older, I cannot tell this story. So I'm glad I can get away with it now. No, I just, you know, I'm, I do hope he gets the point before he goes off to college, he can remember to put pants on without the reminder. But I just love because he is just so easygoing. He doesn't get worried about the details. Yes, not wearing pants is taking it a little bit too far, but still. I just, I just love that about him, and, it, and it's a reminder to me because a lot of times I am anxious about everything. You know, I'm, getting, I'm just getting taken over by the details and all the stuff. You know, I need to kind of have it more of just kind of happy to be alive and just smile and laugh and, and just enjoy life. And I see that in my son, and it's kind of a reminder to me. So when he walks in the living room with no pants on, that's kind of my reminder. says, Greg, life is okay. Just take it easy. Don't get anxious about anything. Just kind of have that easy, breezy, going kind of attitude. I love that when I, get, when I teach those lessons. But I struggle with that. Friends, I don't know if you struggle with that as well, but I know that I do. And I was, uh, I was telling 
John Tanner, you know, a couple of weeks ago, said, you know, I want to, by the time people are really showing up to church, by the time the praise band gets here, I really want to have everything done, and, you know, just so I can be calm and talk to people and all stuff. And I said, I want to do that. But it goes without, almost without fail, there's something that's going to go wrong on a Sunday morning. And, you know, I was so happy this morning. I thought I had everything done, and then we're getting ready, and then the Internet's down, and we can't get this running. And so I end up running around. I get anxious. And even I had to stop this morning and go, it's going to be what it's going to be. It's going to be all right. We'll get it all worked out. The Lord is over all of it. Stop worrying. I don't know. Do you struggle the way that I do sometimes? Being anxious over everything. The Bible says be anxious over nothing. Don't worry about it. Just give it to the Lord. Take, it says be anxious about nothing. Take your prayers to God and the peace of God will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. But I struggle with that. Now, I want to tell you, being anxious, worrying over all the stuff you've got to do, the details, the business of, of your day, your week, has a lot of negative impacts. But I'm going to tell you one of them that's really bad. One of the things it really does to us, one of the ways it really hurts us, is that we refuse to be courageous for the Lord. We refuse to take risks. Here's what I'm talking about. God has called us to be one's who step out of our comfort zone and do work for him. And that means we're taking a risk. We're called to be courageous Christ followers. And when God speaks to your heart and says, go invite that person to church, go share your faith with them, go serve in that ministry, go do missions, whatever God says to you, that is, God didn't intend it to be easy and comfortable. In fact, when God speaks to you, it's often pushing you outside of what's comfortable. And if you're anxious over all the what-ifs, you say, I don't know if I can do that, God. I mean, let's use a regular example. Think in a week how many people come across your path, just like come across my path, that you could in the least invite to church, if not witness to them about your faith. I mean, think about it for just a second. Try to estimate in your head how many people you encounter that you could, if you took the opportunity to say, let me talk to you about where your relationship is with the Lord. There's plenty of people, right? But how many times do you start that conversation? And I'm talking about myself here, too, because I look back and sometimes, oh, God, I, I don't know, it wasn't a good moment. God, I, you know, I don't, they weren't, didn't seem very happy. God, I was kind of in a bad mood. God, I, you know, we deal with the what ifs. We're anxious about, you know, we really are thinking in our heart, what if they reject us? What if we come off looking foolish? What if we don't have the answers? What if they hate us for our stance? What if, what if? And I'm getting anxious, and so I refuse to take the step of faith, to take the risk of putting myself out there for the Lord. Friends, that just hurts us terribly. That hurts us terribly when we aren't willing to be courageous risk takers for God. When we deal with the anxiety of what if, what might happen. This morning I want to talk about this. I want to go over, I want to look at an example from the Bible that shows us what it looks like to be courageous, to take a risk for God. So this morning we're going to be looking at a message. Our message this morning is called Faith and expectation. We're going to see how this morning those two words work together in a mighty way that teaches a great lesson. Faith and expectation. 
And we're going to look at a short passage out of the uh, book of 1 Kings. Now, before we turn over there, let me tell you what's going on. We're going to look at a really quick passage from the, from the life of the prophet Elijah. Now, I'm going to tell you this. We're talking about being a courageous follower of God, taking a risk for when he says, go and do. I'm going to tell you this morning, when I was really praying through this this week, there are so many places in the Bible we could have turned this morning. In fact, if you think about it, the vast majority of men and women who are in this book, of the ones who are, ones who are following God faithfully, of the vast majority of those names you know, you grew up with, somewhere in their life is a good example of being a courageous risk taker for God, stepping out of the comfort zone, willing to take a risk, willing to get rejected, willing to mess up. And that's why they're in this book. It's one of the great traits that binds them is they're willing to be courageous in the midst of an unknown situation. And so we're going to look at Elijah because he really did live a life of, I mean, a lot of times he stepped out there in faith. He took a risk. He put himself out there with the chance of having something bad happen in return. He's a great example of it, but there are plenty of others. And I want you to recognize that this morning, that thinking if, if I want to be a, you know, a, a giant in the faith, if I really want to make a mark in this world with my life for Christ, it's going to take a courageous, risk-taking type of, type of attitude. That when God says, do this, you say, I'm not going to be anxious about it. I'm going to go and do and Elijah is a good example. Not a perfect example. Because Elijah had some times where he walked in fear. Where he messed it up. But a lot of times Elijah was a man of God who stepped into a terrible situation and said, I'm going to do what God calls me to do. Now if you haven't looked at Elijah in a while, you know this. Elijah lived in the, one of the most pagan settings ever. And it was inside Israel. You think our culture today is turning away from God? We'll try living in Elijah's time. I mean, they were openly in revolt against God. The people worshipped false gods, the, had all the idols to Baal and all these other things. They didn't want to do anything with God. In fact, in that time, if you stood up for the name of the one true God, if you said this sinful idol worship is wrong, you're most likely going to be put to death, and a lot of believers did die in that time. But here's Elijah, a man of God, a prophet one God wants to use in this setting that is just terrible and sinful and satanic. The story, in fact, the story of Elijah starts with him going before the evil king. The evil king in Elijah's day was Ahab, and he, was, he just led the people down a sinful path. And God sent Elijah to go tell him, says, I'm taking away the rain. It's not going to rain in this land because of what you have done. And for years it didn't. Elijah had to put himself out there and say, you've been sinning against the one true God. And time and time again, Elijah was put in a position where he had to step up for his faith, be courageous, take a risk. So it is with the passage this morning. The Bible tells us that after many years, God spoke again to Elijah and said, Elijah, go back to the king and tell him rain is coming. Right? See, God was trying to show that God is the God over even the seasons. He can take it away, he can bring it. And he said, I've been withholding the rain because of your sin, but I want you to see how it comes in an instant by the word of God. And so Elijah went to Ahab and said, all right, time. But he didn't just go and say, I want you to know God's about to bring the rain. He says, I'm going to show you just who is in charge. 
So Elijah, Elijah, this is it. We don't have instruction that God said to Elijah to do this, but Elijah, by faith, said, all you guys who are worshiping false gods, all you priests out there who are worshiping this evil, you come meet me over on this mountain. Come meet me. We'll both build an altar. We'll both prepare a sacrifice. We'll get it all ready. We'll get the wood stacked up. We'll get the sacrifice ready. We'll bring everything but the fire. And we'll both call to our God. And whoever answers by fire, then we'll know who is the one true God. And they said, sure, let's do it because we believe in this guy. We, we follow Baal and we follow all this stuff. And so they get out there on Mount Carmel and they go over there and they build, build up the altar. And Scripture tells us, those prophets, those, those people over there who had rejected God, who were dancing around that altar. And they were chanting and doing all these satanic, just evil things. And they were crying out to their God, bring fire. And nothing was happening. I love the part of the passage where Elijah starts kind of laughing at him, says, I guess you're not shouting loud enough. Why don't you, why don't you get louder? Why don't you do more? Is he sleeping? You know, and he's, he's kind of, Saying, see, what you're doing isn't anything. So they fail. Then Elijah says, watch this. He gets his altar ready. He prepares the sacrifice. He gets the wood. He gets all it around. And then he comes as he calls on servants and says, bring water. Bring jugs of water and pour it over the sacrifice and the wood. And also do it three times. Soak it. It says that the, the, um, the offering, the pile... The altar was soaked in water. Now, if you want to start a fire, what don't you want to do first? Right? He says, and they soak it in water. What happens? Look at this. Let's look at the scripture this morning. Starting in verse 36 of chapter 18, it says, At the time of the sacrifice, the prophet Elijah stepped forward and prayed. Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and have done all these things at your command. Answer me, Lord, answer me, so these people will know that you, Lord, are God and that you are turning their hearts back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and burned up the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, and the soil, and also licked up all the water in the trench. When all the people saw this, they fell prostrate and cried, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. Man, I've stood on Mount Carmel where it says, Elijah gathered that day. It's one of the most beautiful places in all of the land of Israel. But boy, I wish I could have been there that day. I mean, what a sight it would have seen for then all those false prophets to call on their God and nothing happened. Then Elijah says, God, it's time for you to show up. And boom, a fire came. And the people could see, all these people who had sinful hearts and who turned away from God, fell on their faces and were and I mean just admitting that they're wrong God Yahweh he is the one true God man that must have been awesome to see the revival that began that day now what I want you to think about is the risk Elijah took in doing this I told you that God just said go and tell them that rain is coming 
As far as we know, at least it's not recorded in Scripture, God did not say specifically build the altar and then have them call first and then you and pour water. Now, I'm sure God was directing Elijah. I mean, I'm sure he had peace about what he was doing, but we don't see any clear instruction from God in Scripture saying, do these things. So Elijah was putting himself out there. He said, okay, it is the showdown on the mountain." You try, you call to your God, I'll call to mine, let's see who wins. Now how many of you would do that if you were in Elijah's place? Now I know today we're not out there, you know, building altars and calling fire down from the Lord. That's a specific thing for that time. That's not a passage that tells us to do the exact same thing today. But if you were in Elijah's position, would you take the same risk? Would you be filled with the same courage to say, all right, you have your altar, you call to your God, I'll have this altar, I'll call to the one true God, and we'll see what happens. See, if you're like me, I think I'd be kind of going, well, I don't know. Because why? Why would, why would we have that type of attitude? Because we're thinking, what if God decides not to show up? What if he doesn't do this? What if I'm wrong? What if I messed it up somehow? We're playing the what-if anxiety game of this may not work out, so I'm not going to take the risk. I'm not going to be courageous in stepping out there for God. I look at this Elijah, and I'm going, whoa, Elijah, wow. Amazing that you would have the faith to stand up and say, I'm going to call on God in front of all of you and see what happens. That's awesome. Now, why did it work for Elijah? Why did it happen there? Why was Elijah able to do this? Let me give you two words. That it was the title of the sermon. Two powerful words. Faith and expectation. Now, you think they're the same thing, but they're really not. Faith is what? Faith is believing that God can do anything. It is that that all things are possible with God. That your faith, your trust in God is in God. Expectation is being sure that God is going to do those things. See, it's a slight difference, but it's very important. See, Elijah had faith. Now, we like talking about faith here. We believe that all things are possible with God. We believe God can show up. We can believe He can give the blessing, withhold the blessing. We believe He could heal or, or not heal. Or we believe He could whatever. We believe we have faith. Now, maybe we struggle in our faith sometimes. There's not a one of us in this sanctuary this morning who hasn't at one point struggled in having faith in God. Elijah had faith on him. That's why he put the water on there. He wanted it for his own demonstration, his own faith, and to show others that all things are possible. It doesn't matter how wet that wood is. God can light it on fire with one single word. He is bigger than all the elements and all these things. He had faith in what God could do. He didn't kind of set it up and get the best wood and kind of leave a match right next to it and say, all right, God, you only got to do this much. He said, here it is. I'm going to soak with water. This has nothing to do with me. I'm not doing a trick. It's not based on anything I have. God, it's full of you. I have full faith in what you can do. 
But expectation is something different. See, again, we get lost in the, well, what if God decided not to bring the fire? What if God decided that wasn't the right moment to to be on display and to do this, and he chose not to do it? We are on that. I think, I believe that that was never running through Elijah's mind. He wasn't ever in the place of, well, I sure hope he shows up. He had full expectation that God would show up. Then again, you keep going back to, well, what if he didn't? Well, you know what, if, if he didn't and Elijah was killed because he was standing there for the name of God, Elijah still would have won. He would have been up there with God. But Elijah wasn't thinking that way. He went in with full expectation that God was going to show up as God in that moment. Think of this. Friends, if you've been here in this church a long time, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Maybe some other you don't. You'll notice at least in one place of our church, we actually have it in others, but if you come in from our church, you see a sign. What does it say? Expect a miracle. Right? It doesn't say have faith in a miracle, pray for a miracle, ask for a miracle. Not that there's anything wrong with those things. We should have faith. We should pray. We should ask. Is it expect? Friends, do you think that maybe the reason we're not seeing the movement of God today, like we read about in Bible times and we see in other places, you think the reason we're not seeing the miraculous as much as we should is because our expectation isn't that high. We say, I have faith that God can do these things, but I don't really expect Him to. See, that's taking it to a whole nother level. We play in the what if. Yes, I believe, God. I know you can do this. I know you can heal this. I know you can provide for this. But I'm not sure if I should expect it or not. You know what? It's in God's hands completely what He decides to do and how He does it and when He does it. But you shouldn't have to lower your expectations of what God Friends, I'm going to tell you, we got talking about this in our small group this past Wednesday. It was an awesome conversation. What God can begin to do when we just raise our expectations. I was talking with our, our brother Nathan over there who's, you know, you know, grew up in Uganda. He's over here. I, I love it when he's able to join us. I very much, just a complete side note, I so appreciate our praise team. We have so many talented people and Sometimes, like if, like if Joey's taking us, I know he's going to come. And we just, I just love these group of people. And Nathan's able to come. I love when he gets, gets to show up and we talk. And I hear some of his faith and, and encourage her. I just appreciate Oh, I love our team so much. But he, we were talking about the miracles that he has witnessed. And I've seen in his church and I hear other people talking about all these great things happening. But does God just love them more than he loves us? Is their faith so much bigger? Maybe. But I will tell you one difference. The expectation is higher. You go over a lot of other places in the world today where they've got nothing to distract them from God. Nothing to take their attention away. Where they've got to rely fully on God for the next meal. 
And you will find the expectation level so high. And then what happens? God brings the fire. I'm posing this as a question this morning. Not so much as a preaching of what you need to do, but as a question. What's our expectation level? You're actually going to hear me talk about this some this month in a few different ways and forms, but I don't want to talk about just this as our personal faith, but I want to talk about it from a church perspective. You heard me earlier announce was talking about challenges before us. There's nothing wrong with having a challenge. Friends, how else is our faith going to grow if we're never challenged? If God gave us everything we needed every time just when we wanted it, we would never, ever pursue Him and go deeper in our walk with Him. A challenge is not a bad thing. Yes, we look, some of the leadership of our church is looking at what's ahead and we're going, okay, what do we do about this? We're not sure. We want to be good stewards, but we want to be faith-filled and all these things. And, and we want, it's a challenge, and it's okay that we're being challenged. But what's our level of expectation? Are we saying we have faith that God can provide and God can do this, but if He doesn't, well, I guess He decided it wasn't our time. Or are we going to face the challenge with high expectation in God? Moving forward, going, we, just, we don't know how, we don't know when, but he, we know God is going to show up. We know He's going to provide. We know He's going to heal I mean, it's still in God's hands. Don't get in the what if and the anxiety of, well, I don't know if it might happen. That's God's role anyway. It's not yours. What would happen, friends, if we started living every day of our faith with extremely high expectations? What if you got up and came to church this morning and says, I just know God is going to provide a blessing. I just know God is going to show up and He's going to reveal. You go through your weekends, just, I just know God is going to meet this need. I just know I have confidence that He's going to heal. And then when I go out and when I talk to people, I'm going to say, God's about to heal this. God's about to provide for that. God's going to do it. I just have full expectation. I have faith, but I meet it with expectation. Some of you are going, oh, I don't know, it's, it's risky. What, what if? What if I look foolish? What if I say to people, oh, I, I just I know God is gonna do this. And what if what if he doesn't show up and then people would think I'm something's wrong with me? Or or what if what if uh, what if and I'm getting anxious and just anxious takes me away from being a courageous Christ follower? It's in God's hand what he's gonna do anyway. Have a high expectation. Jesus said, if you have the faith to be able to say to that mountain, go and jump in the sea, it'll do it. That's high expectation, friends. Jesus talked about this all the time. He says, if you believe it, watch what will happen. Friends, what's going to happen? What's going to happen tomorrow? What's going to happen this week? What's going to happen between now and the end of our year in your life, in your family, in our church? If we just start every day with the expectation that God is about to show up. Hmm. You say, what's going to happen? I'm going to say, I don't know. I'm not God. I'm okay with that. 
but I'm going to start walking around. I'm going to I'm going to tell myself all the time, be it, don't be anxious. Stop being anxious about that what if that you don't know and you don't control. And I'm going to say, all right, don't be anxious. I'm going to give my request to God. I'm just going to give it to Him. I'm going to throw it to Him. I'm going to trust and I'm going to keep going back on I believe, I believe, I have faith and I expect. Friends, what do you have to lose? What's going to happen? You going to be a little embarrassed in front of somebody? So what? What would happen if we expect, if we operate with the expectation of what God is going to do? You know what, friends? Let's find out. All right, I said this last week. We were talking about this before. We never just say, all right, I came to a sermon. I came to a service. I heard something. Oh, walk home. Great. Check it off my list for today. God, did you see me? I was there. I only fell asleep twice. Okay, I want credit for that. No, friends. This is the challenge. And it is a challenge. This is a challenge to me. It's a challenge to you. To walk out of here living with high expectations. It is not easy. It, is, it feels like you're constantly in a state of risk of what if. And you've got to put that aside and just take the attitude of all is good. It's, just, it's God's control. High expectations. Faith and expectations. Faith that God can do anything. And a belief and a high expectation and knowledge that God will do what he said. Praise the Lord. Let's see what happens tomorrow. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. An awesome day of worship here in your house and before your name. God, teach us to be a church filled by the Holy Spirit, with high expectations of what you're going to do. God, don't let us just walk around and saying, I have faith. Faith is a good thing. It's a wonderful thing. But God, let us expect those things. God, we're not going to just kind of just uh, claim whatever we want. We're not going to go outside of your will and just say, if I say it, I get it. No, no Father, we expect within accordance with your will by your word. God, you've called us to be here for a purpose, for a reason. So, God, don't let us live in the worry and anxiety of what's next. God, if you call us to go do something, if it is to go speak your name to a friend, a neighbor, or to invite them to come into church, or, God, if it is to, it, to witness to them, or if it is to go and serve in a certain way, or even go and, and spread your gospel to the farthest nations, God, if you are calling... If we know you're leading, God, let us operate with the expectation that you're going to take care of everything. God, I love how you said to Elijah, Elijah, go tell him the rain is coming. And God, somehow, mysteriously, I don't know what happened, God, but somehow you were leading Elijah. God, if he had, if he had gone off path, I think he would have uh, sensed your, your spirit saying, God, that 
that's not what he was supposed to do. But Father, I think he, he operated in accordance with your will. And he stood up there before everybody and said, my God's going to bring the fire. He didn't play around with the what if or anything else. God, he had faith and expectation. God, like I said, I've stood on that mountain. And while that's just a piece of rock, God, there's, there's your presence in that place. A place where your manifest glory came so strongly because one servant had faith and expectation. God, thank you. Teach us to live like Elijah. Like Esther, David, Abraham, Paul, Peter. Help us follow the example of Christ. Who just called out, be still. And the winds and rain stopped. Yeah, to have that kind of level of just expectation. That full faith and confidence. Teach us. God, just 